On today's episode, Dave interviews Gary Austin. Gary is the founder of The Groundlings, was in the committee, is a master teacher, musician, and stars in the film We've Got Balls. I'm Ian Foley, this is ADD Comedy. Uh, and I've got people joking about the just starting thing, but I've, I've had to warn people who just will start talking about things they don't want to that they probably shouldn't <laughs> talk about. And I'll go, I'm thinking, do you really know? You <coughs> didn't hear me say that this is live right now. Um, what movie are you doing? You did a movie. It's, you said it's a movie. We've Got Balls. Right. <laughs> and it's, it's already been in two festivals, and they're one of them, one of the festivals is, festivals is going on right now. And my film screened um, Saturday night. And... Uh, it's, uh, it's the first time I've had a big part in a film, and I Did play the lead character. It? No, no, it was written by Cherie Kerr, an original groundling uh-huh. uh, from 74. And that, so the original, when you say an original groundling, you mean an original groundling? I remember somebody, I, 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 what I mean is, I don't remember, I, I mean someone who was there when we chartered the company as a nonprofit company uh-huh. and that was 1974 oh my god that's so it, so much I'm just blown away where I, when I think about it. I've been out here 20 years and that was 95 <laughs> and it just goes by so fast yes. it's crazy yeah um, I started traveling a lot out of Los Angeles uh, in 1992 mm-hmm. I first started going to Seattle and then in 1994, I started traveling to New York. Mm-hmm. And I've, also, I've traveled all over the country, uh, as I know you have. Right. And um, so I don't think of myself as having been in Los Angeles all that time. Right. Because I'm out of town a lot. Right, right. That's so interesting. Because I, I still think of myself as being in L.A. But I, the traveling is something, and I don't know if you... The traveling is something I never thought was going. I never, I didn't see that happening. I didn't see myself traveling as much as I do, <laughs> and I travel so much. You travel a lot more than I do. I, I used to travel a lot. I used to go to, for years. I went to New York ten times a year and Seattle ten times a year. Right. And I also was going to uh, Fort Collins, Colorado, uh, to do to do what I do, right. uh, and uh, and other places. Right. So. Uh, so in those days, I, I was probably out of town more than I was at home. Right. And when you met Wendy, was she, was this before or after, was that, when was that? Your, I met Wendy went? in 1988. She was okay. one of my students and I was one of her students. Right. And uh, so, so, I, so I hadn't started traveling a lot yet. Right. And it's also the idea of going out with one of your students or going out with a teacher. <laughs> <laughs> I've yet to go out with my teachers. I have. Oh, well, students. I, yes. Uh, former students. Yes. Uh, uh, I went out with a lot of students mm-hmm. of mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Wendy was the only teacher of mine who I went out with. Right. Yes. It's interesting because I, I, somebody was saying, why do you keep going out with, why did you keep going out with f- former students? And it's like, that's the people that I hang out with, you know? Uh, and that's a circle. It's never, it has never been, this person is presently my student. Uh, maybe that's happened once. But it's, it, I fall in love with people. I hate to say it. People 
I do too, and people become family, and, and it's, we've been through so many things together mm -hmm. because the work is very intimate and, right. and dynamic and, and, and emotional right. that we do, you, that you do and that I do, and uh, we have that experience together. It's, it's, as if, it's as if we have lived together even if we haven't. Right. It's as if you've gone out together even if you haven't. That's right. Yeah. Yes. That's that's awesome because that's exactly it. There's an intimacy and a sharing of that, <laughs> and yeah. and yet there's also and of course I know that 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 you and I are both in this where where there's also obviously the respect that has to have where people are going to be vulnerable and we are going to have to see that as I'm your teacher, I'm your director, and there's right. a hands off thing and yes. whatever happens outside of that yes. is not going to be egregious or you know it's. Well, many times, uh, e e even after Wendy and I were married, uh, people who joined the workshops, my workshops, would go months without knowing we were married. Right. And Wendy was in the classes uh -huh. because we maintained that, that distance in class. Right, right. And that, that distance, yeah. It's not distance. I, I shouldn't even say that. It's not distance at all. Uh, it's a... It's, uh, uh, what is it? Maybe you can help me there. You know what it is. Okay. Uh, yes, I do know what it is. Um, there's a, a there's a respect and an individuality, then an individualism. Yes. That is not Wendy is your wife. Yes. She's Wendy. Right. And if you didn't respect her in that way, there would be a connection that people would see. But right now, there, there is a respect that you have of her being an artist that's separate that's from right. you. That's right. Yeah. Sure. And. There's something wonderful about that. But right. there's also something wonderful about that, and there's something wonderful about that where you're able to sit back and when somebody gives that person a compliment, you go, that's my wife. That you keep that, <laughs> that's your inside your voice head. Yes. <laughs> Clearly you're inside your voice head. And I remember people talking, when I was married, I remember people talking about my wife, and they knew that we were married, but they would talk frankly and say these lovely things about her, and I go, that person that I'm married to. That's great. That's it. Yeah. And there's a relationship that we have. Right. I also, I think I fall in love. I think I fall in love. When I say love, I, I mean love like I'm not, not necessarily or not on a sexually intimate level, but I fall in love with the way that people think mm. and the way that they respond. I do too. I, I never thought of saying it that way or thinking of it that way. Mm -hmm. um, but we we go to the same places when we work in this. You're I like that you and I go in the same places, no, or I, you and your students. You, me and my students, right. and and uh, uh, I like that you use the word intimacy, uh, which because that's what it is. It becomes as intimate to me as anything, mm -hmm. as any personal thing does. In order for it to be compelling, there has to be a trust. And when there is a trust, then there is an intimacy right. that comes with that. Right. Um, because you are then willing to say whatever is necessary at that moment to yes. be said. Yes. Whatever is necessary in that moment, the, the, the actor is compelled to say that. Yes. I cannot not say that. I must say that. Right. And if there was a sense of not trusting that, then they would not have said that. And that's a... and and. and People like you, Gelman, Scotty, uh, Rachel Hamilton, all these great teachers, uh, Alexandra Billings, Kim Rubenstein, these people that I've worked with, where they, lay, they are intentionally laying down this beautiful foundation for all of us to do the work. And the foundation is, I see you. <laughs> I feel you. I know you're here. 
Uh, I, I, one of my students is Lilius White, who's a Broadway star. And, mm -hmm. and um, uh, I said to her once, I've worked with her for years and years and years, and I said to her, why are you so easy to direct? Because I've also helped her create a solo show. Mm -hmm. Why are you so easy to direct? No matter what I suggest, you go immediately to it, and you do it, and you never question it, and, you, and, and you're just there. Mm -hmm. She says, because you can see me and I can't. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. You can see me and I can't, but in, in that sentence as well is, I'm letting you see me. Yes, that's right. That's right. Because she could easily not let you see her. Well, and so many people don't let me see them. Right. And then the question, if, 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 if we don't win that, it feels like a battle sometimes. If we don't win, I'll call it a battle. If we don't win that battle, then my question becomes, why are you here? Right. Why would you pay me money uh, to, to do what I do, which is to teach, right. and then resist the teaching and allow me not to see you? Yeah. I, yeah, no, or, I agree. Or, right, because I know that you and I have both been in situations where, I know for me, and uh, where I've, I've felt personal, I've, I, someone has personally attacked me. Oh, same here. And when that happens, I, I truly think, none of this has to be a surprise to you that I'm going to ask you to get personal or I'm going to ask you to get connected. None of this is going to be a surprise to you. You know what I do, you know who I am, and, and, and please, you've asked, you've asked me to be your guide. Please be guided. Yes. And in the middle of the journey, don't say, why are we here? Or how come you brought me here? You know full well why. Yes, I have witnessed uh, uh, witnessed a few occasions when you were teaching mm -hmm. where you had that kind of a situation. Mm -hmm. And I have had very similar situations. Uh, in fact, uh, uh, with the same person, mm -hmm. or the same student, mm -hmm. uh, uh, more than once. And, and um, uh, it, it becomes personal in a way that's destructive. Right. That, to me, that's not intimate. When you say personal, it comes personal attack to you. A personal attack to me. Right. Uh, uh, I actually had a student say this to me once. And this is somebody who I had trusted for years, who had trusted me for years. And she had come back after being gone a few years. And someone paid me a compliment in, in, during, when, during feedback when we had ended the evening and mm -hmm. we always have feedback. You know, what did you find out tonight? What did you enjoy tonight? What did you like? Uh, and one of the students gave me high praise. And uh, after she finished, this person who had just come back and who had been there for a few weeks after she'd come back said, well, I disagree with that person. Whoa, 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 whoa. I disagree with that person. You, you are a terrible teacher. Uh, you, you, uh, I, I do not see what these other people see in you. Uh, you are not the teacher for me. And it was devastating. It didn't devastate me, but it was devastating. I, it, it, you know what that means. Oh, I totally understand. I, 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 I have a shield. I have that same shield. Yeah, yes, yes. And so, but it, it was a shocker. 
and it came out of nowhere. Right. There was no indication before that 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 was going to happen. It's so it's it's it, that has nothing to do with you. Her outpouring. <laughs> yes. You know, yes, has, yes. Or, I'm saying, yes. I think it was her. Her outpouring has nothing to do with you. Right. Right. And so. It was a, a workshop kind of a situation. We were going to do a workshop kind of a show right. after that meeting. And I knew she would not show up for the show. And I knew she would not tell me she was not going to sh show up for the show. <laughs> and that all happened. Right, right. And that was it. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I think that we, we that I know you and I both, we, we push people. And not in a bully way. We push people, each individual person is pushed according to how far we think we need to push yes, them yes. or can push them. Yes. So there are going to be those times where people go, stop it, why are you doing this to me? Right. And I always realize that that has nothing to do with me. I just made them reach the cliff and they've decided, they're, they're at the cliff and they're going, I don't know why I'm, why am I at this cliff? Yes. Why am I at this cliff? Because you asked me to take you to the cliff. <laughs> yes. You know, <laughs> and, right. and when you jump off the cliff, you got to full, know full well that you're not going to hurt yourself. You're just going to fall. Yes. And when you fall, like jump off, fall, and right. feel that. Because right. when you're done with that jumping off, you're going to be at a very different place than you are right now. Right. The ideal situation for me is that, that, that when there is that tension in class between me and another student, or between me and a student, Oh, I, you know, actually, me and another student, because I feel that I'm a student when I teach. Sure, sure. <laughs> so, so between me and another, uh, and then we go out and have a beer or whatever afterwards, and it's like none of that happens. Right. I know. When it works. Right. But in the situations where a grudge is formed and a battle ensues past class time, right. that's no good. And no. that's when I cut it off. I say goodbye. Right, right. I remember Dell telling people, I will give you your money back right now. Get the fuck out of here. I've said the same thing. Yeah. I've held up a check. Here, you want your check back? Right. I've yeah. seen Dell throw chairs at people. Have you? Dell has thrown chairs you? at people. I said, I've seen Dell throw chairs at people. I've yes. seen Dell go fuck off, turkey. Yes. I've seen him do all that stuff. And I know that Paul Sills used to do that too. Yes. Uh -huh. uh, Paul Sills threw chairs. I think he was a chair thrower. Notorious chair <laughs> throwers. I was a notorious, notorious, notorious chair thrower at Second City when I was working on the main stage and they had these Bentwood chairs in the audience and I would, look, I would go before class yes, and yes. find the one that was the most rickety um, <laughs> yeah. and then I would feign getting angry and smash the chairs. Ah, um, and that was a beautiful perfect. thing. But, oh, yeah. <laughs> but that's a very different, that's, that's, that's more with love and, 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 uh, and satire yes. involved. But, but the idea of reaching a point with somebody where you go, this could be the end of our relationship right now because one of us is not being professional. Well, I've had I've had relationships end, and for years at a time, we carry that with us, myself and the other person. Right, sure. It's not something I think about all the time, but I, it, it's, it's, you know, he went away, I'll never see him again. Right. It was a bad situation. Right. I don't know if I was right or wrong, or maybe I do know, uh, but it's over, it's done. And years later, that person comes back. And almost never do I remember why that person left or what our conflict was right. at all right. that just happened to me recently and somebody who was there when this this huge fight happened it actually happened in a show mm -hmm. and this person this this person told me what i did with this person who has just come back mm -hmm. i'm saying this person a lot right. that's not confusing got it got it got it, got it. and and mm -hmm. and uh, and i remembered why we split up 
for the first time in years. But it didn't matter. It was just anecdotal, right? Yeah, it doesn't matter. We're t very much together now. Right. We're, we're having a great time together. Right. And I don't care what happened then. No, no. And I think that, that that's a huge lesson as well about we are all at where it is that we are, when it is that we are, where we are when those <laughs> things happen. You know, did you follow me on that one? We are all at those places. That totally made sense in my head. Yes. And uh, and so when we come further down, when years later, when, we, when, when we're looking back on that, right. I'm thinking that I wasn't, that's not who I am now. Right. That's who I was then. Yes, 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 yes. Exactly. Very good point. And that thing would have happened differently if, if I was who I am now back then. Clearly. Right. I think, would I still be married right now if I was as spiritually connected as I am now then? Yes. Or if I was as spiritually connected then right. as I am now? Right. And, and to look at that, you go, well, that's an interesting thing to take a moment to think about, but there's no need to think about that any more than that moment. Light upon it and go, that's it. That's what happened. My, my daughter is uh, uh, 48 years old, and um, it was only in the last few years that we really have connected emotionally because I was, I didn't raise her, her mother did. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, there was so much anger coming from me towards my, that first marriage mm -hmm. uh, that somehow I didn't see my daughter all those years. I mean, I would see her right. for a visit sometimes. She would stay with me, but I didn't really see her. Right. And now we're very, very close. And we work together and, and we hang out together and uh, she does incredible things for me with computers and everything that I don't understand. Right. And I'm her teacher and I'm going through stuff in that I put away stuff in boxes and then they're there for years. What have I got in these boxes? I go through and I start finding poems that my daughter wrote to me her entire childhood <laughs> and I start crying. I would read them and just put them down and go on like they didn't, uh, they didn't happen. Right. Like she never sends them. Because and I were, can't believe I did that. But you know who, because when you were talking, when you were in contact with her, you weren't in contact with her. You were in contact with her as a satellite to your wife. You know, isn't that sure. right? Sure. She Very much. Was, yes. Right. Yes. She was the satellite to this other yes. person. Yes. And when you look at the moon as its own entity, as opposed to something that orbits the earth, right. we give it a lot more energy. <laughs> and you were seeing her as a satellite of the Earth, or whatever uh, it's going to be. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, uh, side note, that first wife made the wedding cake for my second wedding. <laughs> and she's an international dessert champion. That's awesome. So it's, it's the most amazing. I actually have it on the internet, the right. cake. <laughs> so it, it's, it, you know, we're, we're close now, you know, uh, wow. I, it's also interesting like, when we think about the relation, the professional relationships that we have with people that, I mean, for you and uh, the provenance uh, of, of, of where that you live and all, uh, and to, to watch, to see people who you worked with way back then and to look at them now and go, those are two separate people and yet I still have a love for them that transcends all of that. Yeah, You know. sure. Yep, that's right. When did you leave? When did you leave the Ground Lakes? When did you? Uh, when did you? Seventy nine. Uh, here, what happened? I, okay, I started teaching in seventy two. Mm -hmm. No intention of being a teacher. Mm -hmm. My unemployment ran out earlier than I thought it was going to. What were you getting unemployment for? Uh, the committee. I was in the committee in San Francisco. Uh huh. And and uh, when I left, I came down here, and I was receiving 
my unemployment insurance and I was standing in line at the unemployment office here in Hollywood with Penny Marshall. We were each picking up our 75 It's okay, keep going. We were each picking up our $75 which in that thing weekly which at that time was the maximum. Right. And and uh so <laughs> so one day I went up to the window you you you're you're done. I said, I thought I had three more months. Well, there's a technical thing here. You don't have three more months. Three more months, my God, that's shocking. Uh, and I had no money. I had no gas to get back to the couch I was sleeping on. Mm -hmm. And I panicked. And I called up Howard Storm, who was in the committee with me. And, and I knew he was the only improv teacher in LA at the time. This is after the committee had been here. And, uh, you know, and then- At the Tiffany? Uh, yeah, we were at the Tiffany. That's where I right. got involved. Right. And then it closed here. And there were two companies, San Francisco and the Tiffany. Right. And so, so um, I um, uh, I called Howard and I said, C "Can you help me get the space where you teach? I think I'm going to have to teach. <laughs> uh, thank God I know something to teach." Right. I fought, not knowing for sure that I knew something to teach. Right. And within four days, I was teaching. I had 21 students. I was working at the comedy store as an improviser and a comedian and an MC. Mm -hmm. So I had a lot of friends. Right. Right. They all brought their friends. They the Stanley Myron Handelman who I used to watch on television when I, on Ed Sullivan when I was in when I was in junior high shows up as my student the first night. Uh, Fred Roos who the producer who at that time was was the major number one feature casting director mm -hmm. uh, in Hollywood. He worked at MGM when there was an MGM. Right. And he loved my work as an actor mm -hmm. uh, from Having the committee. Having seen you at, for the, at the committee. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. So so he, he said, I'm going to give you, I said, can you tell people to come to my workshop? I'm starting it in four days. Right. I called him on a Thursday. Monday I was starting. He says, I'll do you one better. I'll, uh, you got a pencil? Yeah. Get out the pencil. I counted this, so I'm not exaggerating. This isn't a ballpark figure. He gave me 75 names and phone numbers. Harrison Ford, Linda Ronstadt, Jeannie Berlin, on and on and on. And Harrison Ford was totally unknown then. Right. This is before American Graffiti. Right. Okay, so, so uh, he says, I want you to call each one of these people, and I want you to say this. You have to say this to each of them. Fred Roos says, come to my workshop or else. <laughs> And I said that to all 75 of them. <laughs> you, and there's something awesome about that, that you never, you never bought into, am I a teacher? You never bought into... I still don't. You still don't... Wait. You well, tell me what you mean before I, I mean say that. I shouldn't say you that. Never said, you never said to yourself, um, I don't know that I could do this. You called those people. There was going to be a class. Yes. You knew at the end of that whatever period, those right. 75 people, you hung up the phone, you go, this is happening. Yes. You never said that wasn't going to happen. Uh, you, you, you committed mean, to... Oh, you, you, I never said that's not going to happen? You is never that said what that. What I mean by that is, yes. is you doubted yourself for a second. You're going, I don't know if I could do that. Yeah, yes. And then you went, of course I could do that. Yes. I, I, my, showing up meant I thought I could do it. Right. Okay, but here's what I said to them. I says, I've never taught. I don't know if I can teach. This is you the first said night. You that to them. To them. First night. Right. I said, I've never taught. I don't know if I can teach. Well, Tonight's free. Idea. Tonight's uh -huh. free. Mm -hmm. uh, I see. If you want to keep studying with me, come back next week. It's uh, 20, uh -huh. $25 a month. Mm -hmm. a month. A month. A month. We meet once a week. Right. And it, that was the going rate. For then. how many? Two years? Um, two hours? 
four. Four hours? I pretty much always taught four hours. Uh-huh. Three to four, but usually four. Uh-huh. Now you teach four or three? I teach, I teach three and a half mainly. Uh-huh. Just because I get tired more easily right. than I used to. Right. But, but, but um, I, uh, I, said, I said that and then 19 showed up next time out of 21. So, I'm a teacher. Right, it's official. That's when I understood I was a teacher. Right, right, right. You're getting a paycheck. <laughs> right. And, 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 wow. So, was this a, was this a drop-in or it was a monthly thing? Monthly. Monthly thing. Monthly. And how did you deal with bookkeeping? Did you know shit about bookkeeping? No, and I was terrible at it and I, and I made this mistake. Uh, I ended up paying to teach for a while before right. I realized I was doing that. Here's what I said. If you miss a class, you get that much class credit for the next month. Oh boy. So people would accumulate a month right. and they'd get a free month. Right. And I re started realizing I was paying more for rent than I was having an income, getting income. Isn't that, I totally understand what you're saying with that because you don't, you want to make it equitable and yes. you want people to understand and yes. all that, but there's also that business part that you've yes. got to have. And then people said to me, Gary, because <laughs> that's my name, if you go to, to a college or university and you pay thousands of dollars for tuition, do they give you your money back when you don't show up for class? <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. I see. Uh, right. There's a product that they buy and that, right, right. Oh no, I, I, and at the same point, there's a student who has, has listened to this podcast and he didn't have money one month, one week, and I didn't know, and he said, can I just come and I'll pay you when I can. And I felt like I don't have the bookkeeping in place to do that. I will not remember that. I, I, need, to, I, need, right. I need to keep this going. Right. And he was also pretty much a first time student too, so it was yes. like, I, I've had people walk into class and then walk out halfway and tell me, oh, I'll pay you the rest, and I'm like, I'm not gonna do that anymore. Yes, I'm not going to. I'm not gonna do that anymore. Right, same here. Um, I learned a big lesson from Gordon Hunt, who is Helen Hunt's father, mm -hmm. and they were both my students at the mm -hmm. same time. Interestingly enough, and uh, he's he's a great acting teacher. Is and he an actor as well? Gordon Hunt. No, yeah. he's a director and an acting teacher. Uh huh. Uh, he was an actor when he was in my class. Right. Because right. I figure if you go up on that stage, you're an actor. Right. Right. <laughs> right. So so so. Uh, Anyway, he told me this story. Th this, one of his students uh, came to him and she said to him, uh, I, I, I can't get my career going. And he said, get in a play. And she says, I've tried and I've tried and I can't get in a play. And he said, get in a play. Right. And walked away. So it's like, if you can't afford to come to class, then you don't want to. If you, if in other words, well, there are circumstances where you can't. Granted, right. right. I mean, if you don't pay your house rent, you get evicted. If I understand that. Yeah, yes, but if you really want to come to the class, you will get the money. Right. And I don't know about what you charge, but I don't charge an outrageous fee. No, neither do I. Now I know an, I know a, a, of an acting teacher who's very well known. I'm not going to say his name, but I know how much he makes. Mm -hmm. Every time he comes to to to. Um, to Los Angeles from New York and teaches four days, eight hours a day, takes a two-day break, four, and then another four days, he goes home with a quarter of a million dollars. Oh my God. Oh and my God. and that, that includes not only the students, 
the, the, who, who come to the class, but also the auditors who pay a gigantic fee just to audit. Right. Okay. Right. So, and he never has an empty seat. Right. Okay. And he has coached so many stars mm -hmm. that everybody goes because, oh. Now you go, you look at that and you say, how did that person get to that place? And I feel like that person got to that place 95% because he said he's going to get to that place. Do you understand? Sure. He said, I'm sure. going to charge this amount sure. of money. And people sure. went, what do you mean? And someone went, Jerry, don't charge that amount of money. He went, I'm going right. to charge that money. Not that right. his name is Jerry. I don't know who he How'd is. How did you know his name is Jerry? Oh, dang. Because <laughs> uh, that's what my dad does. But uh, Jerry, <laughs> Jerry. Every, everybody's Jerry to me because that's my dad's. Um, all characters are Jerry. It used to be Carl, but now it's Jerry. So um, looking at that, I think a lot of it has to do with this is what I tag myself as my worth. Yes. And if I don't get that money, that uh, it's not an ego thing. It's more on the lines of this is what I do. This is my this is part of my my right. life. Right. It's not my life. It's part of my life. Right. My business manager said to me, uh, "This person isn't a better teacher than you." By the way, this person sends me students right. because I do something different than what he does. Right. Uh, and uh, uh, he. Uh, so my business manager said. Uh, He's not a better teacher than you, but he is a better businessman than you. Right. I, and and I, I look at what I do, and I think, oh, I could really, I, 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 could, I could be more focused in my business, in my business acumen. Yes. I know I really could. Yes. I mean, there's, there's probably a way to monetize this podcast, and there's also a book that, that can be written by me right. in order right. for my cachet and my business to... But at, the, at this time, I look at it and think, I'm just not interested in that. Yeah. Uh, I wish I were interested in it, and I'm not, as in much as I what? could be. The uh, business part? The business part. Right. 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 Do you wish you could be more interested in the business part? Um, I don't. I, if I did, I would. Because yeah, I'm, okay. I'm not one of these yeah. people that go, right. I really right. wish, because if I wanted oh, yeah. to, I would. That's, that's and right. I had, right. uh, there was a friend of mine, uh, Eddie Jemison, who uh, uh, was sitting in this chair. Couple hours ago, and he said, "I wish I could watch more TV. More, I wish I could watch. I wish I could watch more TV. I just don't watch TV that much." And I'm thinking, if you wanted to watch more TV, you'd watch more TV. Right. And to wish it doesn't mean that it's going to change you, because I don't wish to make. If I wanted to make more money, right. I, I guess, I mean, I think I am. I think I am making more money. I think I'm manifesting more money. I yeah. certainly am, I'm busy. Yeah. And I look at I look at what Artistic New Directions is doing A and D in New York that you and I both teach at and Gelman teaches at and Scotty Watson teaches at and Rachel Hamilton at the times teaches there um, when she's in town. I look at all of that and I think that is an awesome place to take classes. It's an awesome place to work, and it is all informing us to be more professional. Yes. And my coming there as well helps my professionalism. Yes. But for some reason, even Artistic New Directions, which I've been associated with, a part of since 94, mm -hmm. um, it is always looking for money. They, they, they never have enough. So we couldn't do the last two summers, the usual summer retreats in right. the Catskills right. because there wasn't enough money to do it. Right. So it, it, it seems to be the same disease. That and we all have? That, that yes. I. If, if you want, it's not a disease, but I called it that. So Condition. I guess I, I thought, yeah, uh, it, it's, that's right. The same priorities or something. Right. And, and, and yet the pit and UCB, right. they make a fortune. Right. 
Right. Yep. I don't know much about the pit. I do know about UCB, and I yes. think that they have a very interesting biz. Bu- they have a biz. They have a. They have a very interesting um, mission statement. I think that they have a business model that's very specific, and it is very specific. Um, I think that the A and D business model or the A and D mission statement isn't as specific, mm. and it's. I haven't taken a look at it, but I would imagine that it's probably we're here to help create artists find their voice and to create material and all that sort of thing, which is very wide. And it's a lovely, it's a lovely wide hug. Right. Um, UCB is different. And the pit is different too. And I.O. And I.O. is different as well. But I.O. is the Herald, long form improvisation. That's what they do. They also do cage matches and things like that. Yes. But I don't see, and they also have space. All of those places have spaces. That's right. That's right. And A&D does not have a, a space. I'm a nomad as right. a teacher. I'm a nomad as a teacher as well. Yes. But I also choose to be a nomad. Well, I chose to be a, a nomad when I left the Groundlings uh, because I wasn't a nomad then. I did have a space. Right. And it continues to be uh, a, a, a space now. Right. And I, I do work there, mm-hmm. not as a member of it, I have to rent the space that I created. Sure. Uh, and I do shows and workshops there. Right. And when you left there, you knew that that was going to be something that you had to do for a while. I was homeless for two and a half years after I left the ground. I homeless, lived in the back, homeless being? I lived in the back of my, uh, my truck. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I had a, a, a camper shell. Uh-huh. And I lived back there with my dogs. And then people took me in. Right. So I would go from place to place, you know. And... Uh, uh, it, it, I could not make enough money to maintain an apartment uh-huh. after I left the groundling. And by the way, it, it wasn't because of my groundling salary. My groundling salary, when I created the groundlings, it was called the Gary Oster Workshops before it was the groundlings. Mm-hmm. And I, I grossed $2,500 a month, mm-hmm. which, and then paid the expenses, which, which at that time is a lot more than it is now, right. $2,500. Right. Okay, they put, when they ma- went nonprofit, in order to make their books work, they put me on a salary of six seventy-five a month, which meant I went out and taught to make my money outside the groundlings while I was creating this company that has gone on since 1974 and continues to be prosperous today. Right. Is how how is it that <laughs> why did why did it go not for profit? Well, I called everybody together who was in my workshops. We were doing we were doing shows and people were loving what we were doing and everybody's excited. And they said, why have you called us here? We met in a restaurant. And I called about seven people together. And I said, uh, uh, I want to create a company. They said, what are you talking about? And I said, I want to create a company where we do workshops and shows and, and do projects, maybe make some movies or some TV shows or something. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, make it official, make it a corporation of some kind. And we had an attorney there who was a member of the workshops, who was an attorney at CBS. And he gave us all the reasons we should go nonprofit. Uh, one of them was that we wanted to build our own theater, which we did. Right. Uh, and we needed did you, donations. Did, did the Groundlings own that building? Uh, they bought it. They bought it. Not when I was there. When I was when I was there, we rented it for right. for yeah, here, Listen to this: twelve hundred a month. Can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> and now on that street, it's it's who know how many millions is that property worth? Right. I don't know. But but anyway. So, so um, I agreed for all the 
the, the, the reasons he gave us, you know, and but what I lost, I named the groundlings the groundlings. Uh -huh. I lost any future monies. I lost any copyright. Right. Because of it becoming a non-profit. non-profit. Nobody right. owns anything. Right. Everybody's on salary. Right. 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 And so, do people write grants or how does, nobody gets a grant. Do they, are they writing grants? Not that I know of. So they're just not for profit because people are paying into the system. The classes are, are paying for that as the well. Class, the classes are what keep the groundlings going. Right. Now, not being a, a groundling right now, uh, officially or involved in their day-to-day -day thing, I may be misspeaking, but my, my, I'm certain that without the, the school, which takes in 5,000 students per year, I'm, I'm, I'm convinced that those shows would not support that company. No. And, and I've heard people who work there say that, so I'm, I'm pretty sure it's true. Um, when we, just before I left the Groundlings, about 1978, our treasurer came into a board meeting and said, we have to close. The Groundlings has to cease to exist. And we were already on Melrose doing shows and workshops. And we said, were you, getting, were you getting houses back then? Uh, we were getting good houses uh -huh. and bad houses, both, uh -huh. both. Uh, and we were already known national. We were on national television, on Merv Griffin. We were on a, we, a comedy uh, special at NBC. We were doing a lot of stuff. Uh, All sketch. Uh, well, uh, yes. Uh, I have a, uh, Patty, uh, what, what's the, the guy's, the, the man's name, Potemkin? At Second City. Sheldon Potemkin. Sheldon Potemkin. Were you, well, I don't, I think you were on stage with us the heads of different uh, companies were on stage at an improvisational festival that I went to, uh, and um, I remember him saying, uh, w w it was, the, the subject of the, of the panel was going to be sketch. Right. And he started out by saying, can we change the name of this panel to scene? Right. Now, a lot of people would argue with me about whether we did sketches at the Groundlings or not. <laughs> right, right. I think we did theater. Right. I don't think that Nichols and May did sketch. No. Nope. I think they did theater. Oh, I love it. Okay, and I think that I do theater, right. and I've always done theater. Even if it looks like sketch, right. I think it's theater. Right. Okay, my definition. Okay, so um, we were doing that. We were doing scene. Right. We also did a lot of improvisation. Phil Hartman became a star because of his ability to improvise uh, Chick Hazard. Right. You know, uh, he, he got Saturday Night Live because of Chick Hazard, that incredible improvisational character he did. Uh, and, and did you ever see it? Uh, I, I think I've seen clips of it mm -hmm. that were all grainy and weird yes. 70s colors. Yes. You know, videos. <laughs> uh, he, 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 was, he was a genius at that one. And Where were you when you heard that he had been murdered? Oh, I had just gotten off a plane in Seattle and I went to my favorite restaurant. I would always call from the airport because th they would close between two and five. Where was the restaurant? Uh, it, uh, Anthony's, uh, in, in, uh, um, Anthony's right on Puget Sound near the locks mm -hmm. um, in Shilsholi. Okay. Uh, and uh, they would always have my dinner ready for me. They knew what it was, my salmon dinner. Mm -hmm. uh, so I would race to there and they would have it. I'd be the only customer. So I took a couple of friends with me and associates, people who, who were close to me. And so the three of us were sitting there and the waitress uh, comes over, the wait person comes over and she says, 
that's terrible about Phil Hartman. Oh, no. Oh, I said, no. what are you talking about? She says, don't you know? I said, no, I've been on a plane all morning. She says, he was murdered by his wife who committed suicide last night. What? That's how I found out. I was in Ireland doing a Murphy's Cat Laugh Festival with Second City, and we had an early morning radio interview at a bar. And there was a woman in the company who's a friend of Phil's wife. And when we heard about it, this woman just broke down crying. Wow. I think this woman was driven to the airport by Phil's wife. Wow. She said, the, I was with her, she bought me these shoes. Uh, and we were going, what the yeah, fuck is this? Wow. But it's one of those things where you go, what? Him? Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, I'm going to say something that sounds like a cliche, because it is, but life is crazy. <laughs> it is crazy. Where you look at that and you go, I, I look at John Lennon being shot, and I was like, J John Lennon? John Lennon. Marvin Gaye by his dad? And then all the other human beings, all of the course. thousands and thousands sure. and thousands of Americans sure. that are shot every year. Sure. Yeah. Nothing can be predicted. And I think that that's a major part of my improvisational, the love of my improv, is to go, you think that you know what the fuck is going on? You have no idea. Every time a student says to me, I, 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 I don't know, I, I, my mind is blank, I say, great, now you can improvise. <laughs> uh, so right. Somebody says something to them and it says, uh, but I don't know about that right. subject. I says, yes you do. Right. You know everything about it. Right. And, and again, it's that great phrase that, uh, that Reverend Michael Bernard Beckwith says. He goes, we know everything. It's just our answers are given on a need-to-know basis. Because if you were given all that information at one time, your mind would fucking explode. <laughs> but there never is a situation where I go, I didn't know what to do, and so I disappeared. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. That's right. You know? And so at the core of everything that we do, because you didn't know that this is conversation was going to be this way. You didn't know that I was going to be dressing like this. You didn't know my apartment was going to look like this. Right. Yeah. But we have this need to know. And then going back to the students who, who lose their shit in, uh, uh, near us. Yes. I, I think, what is it that you expected this to be? Yeah. Uh, I had a student... Uh, say to me re in my most recent altercation, I have a couple of these a year. Oh, sure. Maximum. Well, do you have people but, crying in your class? Do you make people cry? Oh, all the time. Me too. I make people cry all the time, and I've seen yeah. you make people cry. Uh, but this person uh, said to me, let me do my process. And I said, no, not in my class. Right. You do my process here. Right. You want to do your process, go do it somebody else's class. Oh, fucking clearly. Or create your own class. Right, exactly. You do your process. Right, I agree. And people, people will say, oh, what you're asking me to do is very, very difficult. It's like, I never asked you to come to my class. That's right. I mean, I had a class, so you can yeah. come to it. And I don't mean to say that I'm not grateful that you're here, right. but there is a style that I have. And if you want, I can sit and fucking teach you freeze tag. Switch. Yes. We can work on oh, entrances and exit game. <laughs> you know, questions game. If you fucking want to do that. But you know what? I don't do that. If my, you want to do yes. that, there's other people that teach that better than I do. My work, and I, I'm so grateful to myself and to those around me for this. 
for the last several years, my work has been about nothing but discovery. Mm -hmm. I walk in knowing nothing when I teach. Right. I know nothing. And every time I teach, I learn something new about how to approach the work. Right. And, and, and when I used to teach the syllabus, I hated teaching for oh, years. God, I, know. I hated it. Okay, now we're going to do that game. Now we're going to do that game. Oh, God, I hated it. And so now I don't, I, I do, there's always something new that comes up in every class I teach. Oh, my God. I, I cannot agree with you more. I, I, like, I will work for schools that have a syllabus, but there's going to come. I had, one, I had one class where I taught the syllabus, and then I went, you know what? This isn't working for you right now. I need to make this, I need to make this change. Right. And this woman's like, well, what are you talking about? And she starts crying in class. And then I hear from the teacher saying, why did you do that? You made this girl cry. And I said, you know what? I'm going to tell you, 95% of the time, if somebody's crying for me in class, they were primed to cry before they saw me. <laughs> and I just, I just gave them permission to lose it uh, at that great. moment. And that guy never asked me back again. Yeah. Because I'm the same way with the syllabus. Right. Well, I was asked to teach at Colorado State University, which I did years and years ago. And um, uh, here, these are my terms. Uh, I, I'm not a member of your faculty. You don't pay me. The students pay me the same whatever fee I ask for individually. Mm -hmm. uh, you give me a free space. You publicize my workshops. You publicize. You, 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 you Colorado publicize. State, publicize my workshops. Right and get your theater people to come. Right. They got the entire department to come. I got everything I asked for. I was my own boss, and the, the head of the theater department would come and watch the class and love what she was watching, mm -hmm. and they left me alone. And right. I did that for two or three years. But you learned all those things. You, you had to experience like, oh, wait a minute. I don't like that. Oh, right. wait a minute. I don't right. like that. Oh, right. wait a minute. I don't like that. Right. And then, uh, wait a minute. I don't like that. I want that. Wait a minute. I don't like that. I want that. Yes. Wait a minute. I don't like that. I want that. And then somebody said, what do you want? You want these three things that I said I wanted because the way that I've been dealing with them in the past, I don't like. Yeah. Your own space. I don't want to pay for space. Yeah. My you wife is a vocal coach and, and so she teaches at home, so I hear all the lessons. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, so a student will say, well, this exercise contradicts the one that we did last week. And Wendy says, that was last week. I know. I absolutely know that. And you probably hear it all the time. Yeah, I it was do. like two weeks ago, <laughs> you told me this. It was like, yeah, that was two weeks ago. And I have to tell you, do you want me to keep teaching things that I don't believe in or to keep teaching things that I have learned something from that? Or do you That's want right. the state of the art? Because right now you're getting the state of the art. Right. And when I say the state of the art, I mean this is the present thing that I've realized. But it goes back to both of us as teachers, we're, we're students as well. Right. So when somebody has an outburst, they don't have an outburst in my class. They have an outburst in our class. And look what you're doing to all of us. Or yeah. look what you did in front of all of us. You're not doing yes. it to us. You're yes. doing it in front of us. You're not yes. doing anything to me. Yeah. That's right. And there's also the student, too, that you go, oh, I'm not getting through this person. And then they, afterwards they go, that was really great. I learned a lot. I'll be next week. I'll be here next week. Like, you will? <laughs> I know. You will? Yeah, you know, that happens speak. a lot. You know? Uh, going back to A&D, you know, Artistic New Direction, the, the way that, that they work, I love the process that they have of if there's that, you know, we're doing a, um, uh, we're doing an intensive, when is it? Middle of September? It's in November. November. Yeah. <laughs> it's in November. Okay, so we're doing this intensive in November. What am I doing in September over there? Um, Yes, we're doing it in, in, in November, and 
us going through all of those people. Right. Like, like going, uh, uh, all of us looking at their, the student statements and saying, we need to all be on the same page here. The part of communication is just such an important part of it. Right. And, and the classes are so spot on. I love them so much because of that. Yeah, well, well uh, I think it's important to point out for those who don't know how we, we, we do that, that, that workshop, that we actually look at the student statements and decide whether or not we want to work with that person. Right. Uh, and sometimes the student statement, statements are a dead giveaway to disaster. Right. It's not going to work. Right. And then other times, it, it's, it's, even if they don't know stuff, there's something in there that we, we, we see that I can work with this person. Right. Right. A sentence of some kind. Yes. There's a little giveaway of some right. kind. Right. Right. It's really, it's really, it's a great process. And I think it's a great space. And I'm so grateful for it. Yeah. I'm grateful for, for them. I'm grateful for the work I do at The Magnet. I'm grateful for all that stuff. I love it. Yeah. And I can't believe that we get to do it. Yeah. It, 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 is, it is a privilege. And uh, we are very rich because we are able to do this and we get to do this. We are very, very rich. Right. One time I was sitting with a woman in, in, uh, who I didn't know very well in New York uh, having lunch and she had become one of my students and we were talking about whatever we were talking about and she says, totally changes the subject, she looks at me and she says, Gary, you're rich. And of course, I've never been rich, money-wise. <laughs> and you know, I'm, I'm worrying about how big the check's gonna be for lunch. Right. And, and, and she, I said, what are you talking about? And then she told me what she meant. And I understood for the first time, God, am I wealthy. Right. I am wealthy in so many ways. Right. Right. I feel that I'm constantly growing. And I feel that I'm surrounded by people that nourish me. And I'm also, it's the idea of just being the spirit in this world and going, oh, that's an interesting thing, and that's an interesting thing, and that's an interesting thing. And we live, in, uh, and I mentioned it before, we live in a time where, where we have such access to information and, and art and to be able to express ourselves in so many different wonderful ways right. that we are rich if you say so. And if you say you're poor, then you are. Right, right. I, uh, uh, so you mentioned uh, being surrounded by nourishing people. I consider the, the, the height, or one of the heights, certainly, of the height, one of the great moments of, that I experience when I teach is when a student makes a comment or, or discusses the work in the class based on what we're doing, mm -hmm. and I say to that student, Please write that down and send it to me. You just said something that I agree with that is so much better than I've ever said it. You did it in some, somebody made a statement about your class in one of these letters about them wanting to get in and you went, oh my God, she put it in such a beautiful way. Yes, that yes. That you wanted that yes. for yourself. Yes, yes. I ask them for their quotes. Yes. And I, I keep them for my book. Yes. What book? The book I haven't written. I have the same book. The, the, book, the book that I've been writing in my head since I was six. <laughs> we have, 
we have the same book, uh, we have the same way of writing. Because I feel the same way going, okay, I have so many quotes that oh, people God. have said or I have thought or we've created. And I go, oh my God, that's part of the book. And go, book, what book? I wonder if I will actually have to take time off. I'll, I'll need money for this. But take time off for a, a period of time and sit down and eight hours a day write the book. Right. Because while I'm, I, I mean, I, I do write things. Right. And, and I, I have a blog and, and, and so forth. But, but there's always something else going on at the same time that I have to give my attention to. Oh, I totally understand that. Right? Yeah. And I oh, I didn't get the plane ticket yet. Oh, no. I know. Or I did get the plane ticket because suddenly I was thinking, did I just buy a plane ticket for somewhere that I don't have to go? <laughs> I've done that. And going, oh, my God, what just happened? And, and lately, you have a business manager. Do you also have a manager manager? Like, do you have... Do no. You, somebody... No. Uh, who, Christina Myers? Wait, is that the person's name? Christina I I Myers, yes. She uh, was my New York assistant for years when I was in going to New York all the time. Right. And she lived in New York. Now she lives in Pennsylvania. Uh -huh. But she still does an awful lot of work for me. Uh -huh. uh, in, in each city, I have someone who works for me, in, 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 in just in terms of administrative work. Right. Uh, uh, but Christina Myers is brilliant at what she does. She, well, what she does for me, I mean. She, she does things for her, too. She's a brilliant improviser. Uh -huh. uh, I met and, her. And writer. Oh, you did? I think I did. Yeah, and she's yeah. a great writer. Mm -hmm. And, and um, but, but if I say, here's a problem I have. Can you help me with it? I don't know how to put this. I want you to send out to all the New York people. She also sends out to my other list. I have four lists. Right, I've seen that. Uh, yeah, and, 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 I, and I don't have to coach her on how to put those words together. Right. And it comes back and I go, wow, you said that well. Right. I could never have put it that way. She's it's, great at that. And it's also about you surrendering, because there was probably a time, there was definitely a time where you didn't have that person. You're like, you know right. what, I gotta That's do right. this all by myself. That's right. And then one day someone says, you know what, I think I can help you with this. Right. There have also been times when I had the wrong person. Right. And they screwed it up. Right. Yeah, you, you do that once, maybe twice. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And you don't do that anymore. Yeah. Um, let's see, what's going on? Let's stop there. Okay. I really like this. Me too. It was really great. <laughs> oh, what a great thing. Great. It was really great. Thank you for listening to ADD Comedy Podcast. For Dave Rosowski, I'm Ian Foley. For more information on ADD Comedy, you can visit our website at www.theaddcomedytour.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at ADD Comedy Pod. If you're in the Los Angeles area and you're interested in taking a class with Dave, you can find that information at his website at www.davidrosowski.com. Sound services for the ADD Comedy Podcast was brought to you by Post Apocalyptic.